Welcome to the Storehouse Podcast, a family of people dedicated to being the hands and feet of Christ, serving to Lord the earth know him. Find us on social media at the Storehouse NG and hit that subscribe button so you can get these sermons every week. Can we give him a, a better round of applause? Good afternoon, church. How are we doing? I'm, I'm great. I love the way we celebrate birthdays in this church. I hope it's not because of cake. Because birthdays is an assurance of cake, which I never get. Amen. Lord, we lift up your name with a heart full of praise. Be exalted, O Lord, Oh, right. 
and I have stood and I've stood in the power of your breath for I have held for I have held the depth of your mercy rise and praise God seen your goodness I pray that if there's anyone here that hasn't tasted of the goodness of God I pray that in this season you will taste of the goodness of God that this song won't be a mere song to you but it will be reality of your life so I want us to just ascribe praise ascribe glory to the mighty one Lord we thank you thank you for you are indeed the mighty one Thank you for we have tasted and seen your goodness. 
thank you for your alagbara. We thank you for you are mighty. You are the strong one. Mighty in battle. Oh, we bless your name. We honor you today. Thank you for you are God all by yourself. Thank you for you are God all by yourself. You stand alone as God. Thank you for you are God all by yourself. None can compare with you. None can match up to you. At the mention of your name, every knee must bow in obedience and every tongue must confess that you are God. Every knee bow none. We thank you. We thank you for you are God. Thank you for you are God. Thank you for seeing us. Thank you for knowing us. Thank you for calling us your own. Thank you for calling us to yourself. Oh, we thank you and we bless you. We give you glory, Lord. We give you praise. Lord, I commit every word that will be uttered in this space into your hands. I pray that none of these words will be from me, but all the words will be from you. It may be my mouth, but it will be your words, oh Lord. Lord, come and speak to hearts. I pray that every heart will be good soil, ready to receive of you, O Lord. And I pray, O Lord, that that soil will receive seed that will bear fruit in season, O Lord. Father, Lord, come and have your way in this place today. Come and have your way in this place today. Come in your power. Come in your grace. Come, O Lord, as only you can, O Lord. I release a fresh anointing, O Lord. Release a fresh outpouring of your spirit upon each and every one of us in this place today. Come and breathe upon us afresh, O Lord. Oh, we thank you and we bless you. We give you glory and we give you praise. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's just give God a round of applause. You may be seated. So good afternoon again, everyone. Um... So today we're, we're talking about El Shaddai. How many people know what El Shaddai means? El Shaddai? Anyone? All sufficient one, yes. Um, the God who is more than enough. God Almighty. Um, can we turn to Genesis 17? Genesis 17 verse 1. I'm reading from the NLT. So in verse 1, it says, When Abraham, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai. God Almighty, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I am El Shaddai, I am God Almighty, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. The New International Reader's Version says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. He said, I am the mighty God. I am the mighty God. Walk faithfully with me. Live in a way that pleases me. Walk faithfully with me. Live in a way that pleases me. 
Um, in the chapter before this, um, it speaks of Ishmael, right? Um, in, in, in chapter 15, God gives Abraham a promise. Um, and in, in chapter 16, from verse 1 to 4, the New Living Translation, says, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abraham agreed with Sarai's proposal. So Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abraham as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abraham had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abraham had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarai, with contempt. Verse 5 then Sarai said to Abraham, This is all your fault. I put my servant in your, arm, your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. <laughs> Sarai is deep. It is all your fault. And Abraham replied, Look, she's your servant. So deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. So this is what transpired. God gave Abraham a promise. And the promise didn't seem like it was making any ground. It was, it was not manifesting as people like to manifest these days. And so, Sarai was probably bearing the brunt of the pressure, decided to take matters into her own hands and offered her servant to Abraham. And Abraham agreed. Um, and so they did, the, they, they did the deed and it kind of blew up in, in their faces. But then, Talking about Hagar, so Hagar ran away. Um, and in verse 7, it says, The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness, along the road to Shur. Um, and it's very interesting that an angel of the Lord went to meet Hagar. Hagar. So God sent his angel to meet Hagar. And so who is Hagar? Does anybody know who Hagar is? Hagar is clearly not um, from the same tribe as, as Abraham. Um, wasn't from his family. Wasn't chosen of God. Um, she was a servant. And she was a fruit of disobedience. So Abraham had slept with her. And after that, she became arrogant and wicked. 
to her mistress and the mistress returned the favor times 10. And so she runs away and with all that, God still finds it in him to send an angel to meet her. Haven't you ever thought of how curious that is? And as I was reading this, what I was hearing was, this is our God. This is our God, and our God is all-sufficient. Um, he's almighty. He's sufficient to bless. He's sufficient to heal. Sufficient to deliver. Sufficient to restore, to redeem. He's sufficient in your weakness and in your frailty. He's sufficient in your brokenness and when you feel lost. God did this for a people that were not his people, as it says in Habakkuk. And so what, imagine what he would do for a people called his people. So if God could do that for Hagar, imagine what he would do for people called his people. In, in Psalm 68, verse 4, David says, Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. He is father to the fatherless. He is defender of the widows this is God father to the fatherless defender of widows this is God whose dwelling is holy God places the lonely in families he sets the prisoners free and gives them joy but he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land so this is God. Now, back to Hagar. In Genesis 16, 8, the NLT, the angel says to Hagar, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. You know, there's some things that God will say to you that just wouldn't make sense. This lady had just run away. She's probably thinking that she's going to be killed at some point. And firstly, God sends an angel to speak to her. And the instruction is to go back to your source of pain. To go back to your source of pain. And, and it's important for us to understand that it doesn't matter where we find ourselves as long as it's God that sent us there. So it may be a source of pain it may be a source of shame. Whatever it may be, as long as God has asked you to be there, 
he is sufficient. El Shaddai will cater to whatever your needs are in that place. And so God was saying to Hagar, go back. Doesn't matter if, you know, you're running for your life, go back. And you know, when I'm, I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about Elijah. Elijah running. God kept asking, why are you running? There's a, there's a meme, right? Why are you running? <laughs> why are you running? And he had all sorts of excuses. I, you know, I'm the only one left. I did this, I did that. God asked him again. So many of us are running from places without understanding that the places that we're running from are the places of our promise. It's where God's promise will be established in our lives. And so he said, return to your mistress. Not only return, submit to her authority. Eat some humble pie. I can only imagine the conversation when, when she got back, right? Maybe she would have begged. After begging, she would have been put in a dungeon somewhere. A lot of people don't want to go back because of what they, they're afraid that they will have to say when they go back. They're afraid of eating that humble pie. Verse 10 says, Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. I will give you more descendants than you can count. Anyone know why? What's the source of this? Can we go to Genesis um, Genesis 15? Genesis 15. Verse 5. It says, The Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. And so, Hagar was carrying the seed of Abraham and God had spoken it and it was going to be brought to pass. It just wasn't in the way that God intended. But since the word had been spoken to Abraham, that word was alive. It was going to bear fruit. And so in verse 10, it says, I'll give you more descendants than you can count. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears, for the Lord has heard your cry of distress. So God himself named Ishmael. Which means God hears, for the Lord has heard your cry of distress. 
So the Lord heard Hagar. He says, this son of yours will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. And we're seeing that. Yeah. Um, in verse 13, it says, Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, You are the God who sees me. El Roy, Jehovah El Roy, Yahweh El Roy. She also said, I have truly seen the one who sees me. I have truly seen the one who sees me. And what is interesting is, is her response. You know, when we prayed, I think it was two weeks ago we prayed, and I said that everyone must have a name for God, especially in this season. Um, that song says, you've tasted and seen the goodness of God. So what you've tasted, you must be able to name. So however God has manifested himself to you, however God has revealed himself to you. you know, there's a part in Exodus, I think Exodus 6, he appeared to Moses and he said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said something, he said, I, I didn't reveal myself to them as Yahweh. He said, I'm revealing myself to you as Yahweh. I'm revealing my name to you. I did not reveal it to them. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob never had the revelation of God as Yahweh. But Moses did. So I may have a revelation of God as Rapha or Jaira. What is your understanding? What is your revelation of God? And each time someone had a revelation of who God was, they would mark it. Jacob marked at Bethel when God renamed him and called him Israel. Um, Hagar, in, in verse 14, she said, so that well was named Be'er Lahai, Be'er Lahai Roy, which means well of the living one who sees me. In other words, God became alive to Hagar. At that moment, nobody knows what relationship, if any, she had with God. She probably just used to see Abraham having conversations and just think, this guy is, is weird, but okay. But at that moment, she said, God is alive. And the God that is alive sees me. I pray that you have your own revelation of God. That your revelation of God will not be hearsay. It will not be based on what I'm saying here. It will not be based on what your friends have said, what your parents have said. It will be based on what you've experienced, what you've tasted and seen. Amen. So Hagar gave Abraham his son, and Abraham named him Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. And so what this really tells us is that 
God is greater than your mistakes. Um, chapter 15, God gave Abraham a promise. Chapter 16, Abraham basically said, to, with your promise, basically, or what else did he say? He didn't consult God before. He just said, let me help God do his work. So people that have been helping God do his work, God will help you. And in chapter 17, God comes back to Abraham. I'll read that. But what this is really saying is that God is greater than your mistakes. He's greater than your failures. He's greater than your limitations. greater than your inadequacies. Um, he is all-sufficient. He's almighty. So if there's anyone that is struggling and limited in life by failures, you know, the Bible says that the devil, that Satan is the accuser. And you find that when you want to make a step, something just reminds you, hmm, remember what happened last time? Hmm, remember these people have let you down before? Anybody ever experienced that? So if there's anyone that's limited by past failures, anyone that is feeling inadequate, inadequate um, anyone feels like they've been sold short, anyone feels like they've drawn the, the short straw, then you know what that means? Drawn the short straw. That means that in the, in, the, in the straws of life, everybody has long straws. You are the one that drew, drew the, the short straw. So you are short in everything. Not in height. I'm not talking about height. Short in finances. Short in blessings. Short in miracles. Short in what else? Breakthrough. Short in health. Short in relationships. Why always me? When will it be me? You feel weak. You feel incapable. And, and if, if there's anyone feeling like that, I want, I want to just rise. I want us to pray today. If you feel like that, just rise. I want us to pray today. If you feel short in any way, if you feel incapable, feel limited in life by failures, if you feel inadequate, and if those things that are manifesting are preventing you from doing and being who God has called you to be, I just want you to rise. I want you to pray today. I want us to agree something today. I want us to agree that El Shaddai is the God over your life. That he's not some distant God. And, and that's why I made the point of speaking about Hagar. See, Hagar and God had no business. What brought Hagar and God together was sin. You guys understand 
What brought Hagar and God together was disobedience. Was totally against God. Was a total denial of God. Yet Hagar came out of that experience saying, he's one that sees me. He's one that sees me. Saying that God is real. So if God could be real to Hagar, then God is very much real to you. And your lack of experience of God doesn't deny God's reality over your life and his desire concerning you. So I want us to agree and just speak that El Shaddai is the God over my life. Just declare it. El Shaddai is the God over my life. He is the Lord over all. He is the mighty one. Just declare it over yourself. Begin to declare El Shaddai is the God over my life. El Shaddai is the Lord over all. He is the mighty one. El Shaddai is the God over my life. He is the Lord over all. He is the mighty one. He is not limited by anything. He is not limited by anyone. He is not limited by my failures. He's not limited by my limitations. He's not limited by my struggles. He's not limited by my inadequacies. He's not limited by my mistakes. He's not limited by my lack of faith. He's not limited by anything. He's capable of everything. So declare over your life. El Shaddai is the God over my life. He's the Lord over all. He is the mighty one. He is able. So the second point we're going to agree is that God is able to do. God is able to do concerning me. God is able to do exceedingly above and beyond all that I could ever ask or imagine. So declare over your life. Declare concerning God that God you are able to do exceedingly above and beyond all that I could ever ask all that I could ever imagine God you are able to do exceedingly above and beyond all that I could ever ask all I could ever imagine declare it concerning him declare it concerning the Lord declare it concerning him You are able to do exceedingly above and beyond all that I could ever ask, all that I could ever imagine. We're also going to agree today that your greatest requests, your greatest requirements are a drop in the ocean for God. What we're saying is that they're nothing to God. They drop in the ocean. They barely register.
drop in the ocean. So he's not limited in any way to fulfill them. So let's agree. My greatest request, my greatest requirement, if I spend the whole of my life writing it out, if I spend every moment of my life writing out my request, the addition of all my requests would be a drop in the ocean for God. It would be a drop in the ocean for God. We're going to agree that he is more than able to fulfill them all. He is more than able to fulfill them all. Declare to him, Lord, you are more than able to fulfill them all. Without breaking stride, without breaking a sweat, without expending any energy, you are able to fulfill them all. 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 And finally, we're going to agree. Just put your hand on your heart. We're going to agree that God loves you. We're going to agree that God loves you. That's the basis of anything at all. We're going to agree that God loves you. And because he loves you, and because you are called according to his purpose, because you're walking with him, he will cause all things to work together for your good. So speak today. Declare that God, you love me. I know you love me. I know you love me. And declare why you know you love. he loves you. Begin to speak of why you know. Why do you know he loves you? What has he done for you in the past? What is he doing for you now? He's the God that sent his only begotten son to die on the cross of Calvary for your sake. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave everything for you. He gave everything for you. He gave everything for you. He didn't have to, but he chose to. So why does he love you? Tell him why. Agree that God loves you today. Because you are called according to his purpose. You're walking with him. And as a result, he will cause all things to work together for your good. Lord, hear our prayers today. Seal every word that has been spoken with your love, with your embrace, with your grace, with your power, Lord. Come and make manifest your desires concerning your people. For your desires far, far outweigh any of our desires. And so, Lord, we set aside our own desires and we, come and we ask you to come and make manifest your desires 
for your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we, can we be seated? Let's just give God a round of applause. And so in, in Genesis 17 verse 2, after the Hagar and Ishmael debacle, right? In verse 2, God appears to Abraham, NLT. He says, I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abraham fell face down on the ground. I'm sure at this point, Abraham was probably taken aback by the mercy of God. He said he fell face down to the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. You will no longer be Abraham. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. You'll be the father of many nations. And this is significant. Um, Abraham, which was his initial name, means exalted father. It means exalted father. Abraham means father of a multitude. Father of a multitude. Father of many nations. And the changing of Abraham's name signified a shift. But not only did it signify a shift, it also signified agreement. Because from then on, anybody that, as Abraham said, I'm Abraham, anybody that called him Abraham was saying, I agree with God. I'm joining my yes with God's yes. I'm saying that you are indeed a father of a multitude. So I always think about it, you know, in Hebrews it says that um, Sarah, and we know Abraham, it says Abraham believed, but it says Sarah believed and was counted to her as righteousness. I'm like, at what point did Sarah believe? Is it one of those ones that they removed? One of the hidden, hidden scrolls. But I came to an understanding. And every time Sarah said, Darling, Abi, <laughs> Abru, Abraham. <laughs> every time she said it, she was declaring something. She was declaring that she was in agreement with God because Sarai could have still called him Abraham. But the moment she started calling Abraham, she was agreeing with God that indeed this is a father of a multitude. This is father of a multitude, father of many nations. And I want to speak to us today about what we say. What we say is, is so, so important. In, in Proverbs 18, 21, the Passion Translation says, Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. That they will kill or give life. 
the talkative person will reap the consequences. Your words are so powerful, they will either kill or give life. The Amplified Version says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. I remember um, um, there was a, a message I preached called, um, what was it called? Harvest of the Lips. It's called the Harvest of the Lips. And then we went into more detail about what we say. Um, but it's, it's so important um, what we say with our mouths. Um, in, in Romans 4.16, Romans 4.16 to 17, it says, Therefore, inheriting the promise depends entirely on faith. That is, the confident trust in the unseen God in order that it may be given as an act of grace, his unmerited favor and mercy, so that the promise will be legally guaranteed to all the descendants of Abraham, not only for those Jewish believers who keep the law, but also for those Gentile believers who share the faith of Abraham, who is the spiritual father of us all. As it is written in scripture, I have made you a father of many nations. In the sight of him in whom we believe, that is God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. Calls into being that which does not exist. You know how powerful the tongue is, is that the tongue is all you need for salvation. Like literally, by saying that Jesus is Lord, by believing that Jesus is Lord, Abraham is your forefather. You are now son through adoption by saying it and believing it. That's how powerful the tongue is. And that's why he says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Because making that confession avails to you eternal life. So that same tongue that is so powerful, you now go about using it to, to gossip and what else, whatever else you do with it. Say things about yourself. Say things about things about your friends, about your family, about people you see on, on social media. And you're either speaking life or you're speaking death. And it says, anybody that is just wagging the tail is going to eat of the fruit of it. But you determine what fruit whether it's life or death. But the fruit must come. The fruit must come. Life or death, depending on what you speak. Romans 10, 8 to 10. 
It says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis of faith which we preach. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his power, his authority and majesty as God, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes in Christ as Savior, resulting in his justification. That is being made righteous, being freed of the guilt of sin and made acceptable to God. And with the mouth, he acknowledges and confesses his faith openly, resulting in and confirming his salvation. The tongue is so powerful. See, you remember, what was the name? Zechariah, right? It was Zechariah that had his mouth sealed. Had his mouth sealed. They were barren, right? What was his wife's name? Elizabeth? Elizabeth. And Elizabeth and Zechariah were the parents of John the Baptist. Angel appears. Zechariah is about to put his foot in it and his mouth is sealed before he stops destiny. Before he stops destiny. Before he hinders destiny. That's how powerful for God to make sure that somebody doesn't speak. It shows you how powerful the tongue is. Are you guys following? So God changed Abraham's name. Like we said, in doing so, he called forth what wasn't into being. That's God's emo. He changed Abraham's name. In doing so, he called what wasn't. Abraham was not the father of nations at the time, but he called forth what wasn't into being. In, um, in Genesis 35, the same thing Jacob experienced. From verses 9 to 11, it says, Then God in invisible manifestation appeared to Jacob again when he came out of Padam Aram and declared a blessing unto him. And again, God said to him, Your name is Jacob. You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he was called Israel. Anyone know the meaning of Israel? One that perseveres, one that wrestles with God. And God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, even as even many nations, kings will be among your descendants. So something, one thing was recurrent. Each time God would make a covenant, he would change their name and a command would go out, which was be fruitful and multiply. Your fruitfulness and multiplication is based on the covenant. And like I said, we've entered into the new year. But what we're entering into is a, is a year of fruitfulness and multiplication. 
I said, what we're entering into. That amen, I don't know. I don't know that amen was what we should be hearing. We're entering into a year, year of fruitfulness and multiplication. And I sense that over the next few months, your names are going to change. God will change your names. So he says in Genesis 35, 11, be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation. Even many nations, kings will be among your descendants. God is renewing his covenant with you like he did with Abraham. You know, in, in, in Genesis 15, we read it, it says, Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abraham, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But guess what? Abraham responded and he said, Oh, sovereign, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? What good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my house, will inherit my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so, no, so one of my servants will be my heir. And as I, I read this, I'm just seeing Abraham just pointing to God. You have done this, you have done that. And the truth is that many of us are on this boat. Many of us are on this boat, We're on this table. God has said so many things concerning, concerning you. Anybody? Nobody? God has said so many things concerning you. And for some people, it's maybe just one thing, one thing that you cling to, and you're just like, God, just give me this one thing. Leave the rest. Give me just one thing. One thing I ask. But that's not what we're thinking. We're just saying, give me the one thing, the one thing I ask, not the one thing that you want. And it's like God is still not giving you that thing. God is still withholding on you. None of it seems to have materialized. Anybody? Nobody wants to raise their hand. Everybody has manifested. Everything has materialized for everybody here. He has said that he is your exceedingly great reward. And you have said amen. You have believed it. You've been praying and fasting, trying your best to live right. Um, but you don't have a son. You don't have a job. You don't have a bay. You don't have money. You don't have somewhere to live. You've lost your joy. Someone is here just saying, ah, I'll tick all the boxes here. And although we never say it because we're very religious people, we'll never do what, we'll never be as bold as Abraham and say, what you are all these your promises? What good are your blessings, Lord? 
when I don't even have a son. I can't take these blessings with me when I die. That's basically what Abraham was saying. You have given me no descendants of my own. And as God responded to Abraham in his mercy, because he was very merciful in responding, he responded in his mercy. Back then with Abraham, so is he now. Amen. It says, the Lord said to him in verse 4, Genesis 15, No, your servant will not be your heir. No, your servant will not be your heir. And so if you're thinking about taking things into your own hands, if you're thinking about going to manipulation and mago-mago about it, um, not to, but there's, there's something that people are doing, something moms, something moms, where women that have been waiting just decide to have children. No, no, no. Same thing. It's a thing now. Then they just go go to America, get the eggs, and a few people are doing it now. Very technical, but it's not. It. It's it's a like a it's a it's a brand. It's a brand. Um. And 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 so, I'm not saying that it's it's wrong, but it, we have to ask ourselves: Is this what God is telling me to do? Does it sound like a good idea because other people are doing it? Or is it what God is telling me to do? What has God told me? Is this in line with God, what God has told me? Choice moms. Pro-choice, choice moms. So there's a lot of choice. There's a lot of what I want to do. Right? Are you guys following? It's the same line. Thank God because he's merciful. So he says in verse 4, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. And the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, look, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many your descendants that's how many descendants you will have. That's how many descendants you will have. And God was reaffirming, he said, I'm your exceedingly great reward. And the truth is that Abraham, how much of this did Abraham see? And that's why I keep telling you guys, you guys shouldn't think of yourself in isolation. Because when God is speaking to a person, he's speaking to a generation. And if Abraham at some point said, I can't see, there's only one I see. If he limited God by what he could see, that generation wouldn't have manifested. We are beneficiaries of Abraham's obedience. But Abraham could have chosen not to obey because he didn't see the fullness of the manifestation. He could have been asking God, but God, you said I, I should count the stars. I can count him one. I can count two. But God can never take someone in isolation. You're not living for yourself. And if you're the one that has to bear the brunt 
take the pain for the generation to fulfill the promise of God, then you have to be the one. If you don't do it, you're pushing it to generations after you. David, I, I said that last time, David, they call Jesus the root of Jesse. Because of David, not because of anything Jesse did. Was it because of what Jesse did? So David not only redeemed generations after him, redeemed his father. I pray that all of us here will be able to be counted on. God will be able to count on you for your generation. For generations to come, for your seed. That you won't draw back because things are tough. There are many people today, as a result of what their parents, there's some people who are just like, ah, this one, ah, grace, grace, everything grace. You don't know what their parents have done for them to be walking in the grace. Their parents have labored. But because of what the world is promoting, selfishness, self, self, self. We don't want to labor for our children. We don't want to labor for generations to come. Are you guys following? So you may have fallen into the pit like Abraham and Sarah in chapter 16. Because after this amazing promises they fell into the pit but the power of God's mercy and faithfulness is infinitely greater than the power of your weakness and your failures the power of God's mercy and faithfulness is infinitely greater than the power of your weakness and failures Amen. So he is going to make a covenant with you. He is going to change your name and he's going to make you extremely fruitful. Amen. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're struggling to say what you're meant to say, you need to sort it out in your heart. took discipleship class yesterday. It was a really good class. And, um, well, I thought it was a good class. I don't know if they, if they thought it was a good class. Um, and one, one of the things we spoke of was, um, was David. Um, and if we just turn to the, um, 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. So David had been tending his sheep. His Israelites were fighting Philistine. And um, his father sent him to take food to the battlefield where his brothers were. That's how he found out that there was this Goliath. And he found out the, the, the prize, which was the king's daughter. And he got interested. <laughs> um, 
So in, in, in verse 44, 42, the NLT, they had tried to dress David. Firstly, Saul tried to dissuade David. David was doing, playing the role that Saul should have, have played. Saul was saying, are you sure? And David was saying, ah, well, I fought bears and lions and, and, and God rescued me from, from two of them. Um, and the same God that did it will do it now. Said, okay, dressed him up in his armor. And David said, this one is too heavy for I've not tested it. So they removed the armor and he got um, stones, as if five or six in a bag. At that point, I'm surprised that nobody stopped him. Because how you allow, wouldn't Saul have felt bad if anything happened? How you allow someone to go and fight? Goliath with stones. Have you thought of that before? So he put stones in a, in a bag and took a slingshot and went out. And Goliath rightly sneered in verse 42. Said he's sneering in contempt at this ruddy boy, ruddy faced boy. Says, Am I a dog? He roared at David, that you come at me with a stick. He, and he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, you come with me, you come to me with sword, spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled, whom you have defied. One of the questions I asked him, I said, who sent David? Who told David to go? Anybody? Does anybody know who told David? Did somebody tell David? So how come he just went to fight Goliath? Nobody told him. He didn't have a dream, no prophecy. No man of God said to him, there's a, there's a giant that will come. Nothing like that. But people here are waiting for prophecy. How many people? Nobody wants to raise their hands. When I see you, I see people in videos, they are laying hands on you and telling you, go here and there. Hmm. I saw one, there was one lady here who told her that the person for her is tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> hmm. Well, we've seen parts. Two out of three. <laughs> Two out of three. But, thank God, they would have been looking for three out of three by now. Abby? So nobody told David. And other things, what, who told David what to say? These are lines that you probably practice. Who told David that you say these kind of things? Who gave him the right, the audacity? What gave him the audacity to say something like that? If a whole king who God was speaking to 
Samuel was there. Not Samuel, it was um, Nathan. Was it Samuel? Samuel. But it was David, David, that was saying these words. So he said in verse 46, Today, the Lord will conquer you. I will kill you and cut off your head. I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Did David have a sword? How is he going to cut off his head? In verse 47, it says, Everyone who are assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out his stone, he hurled it with his sling and he hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only one sling and a stone, for he had no sword for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. And so you see that everything that David said, nobody told him what to say. Nobody told him what to do. But everything that he said came to pass. Everything that he said came to pass. In Genesis 2, Genesis 2, 19, the Amplified Version says, verse from, from the beginning, it says this is the story of the creation of, of the world. It says in verse 19, So the Lord God formed out of the ground every animal on the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. There's some version that said God was and I could just imagine God just sitting, waiting to see what Adam was going to name them. So he brought every animal of the field, every bird of the air, brought it to Adam to see what Adam would call them. He said, whatever Adam called them, that was its name. Whatever David called Goliath, that was his name. Whatever David said he was going to do to Goliath, that was its name. 
Are you guys following? A lot of us are hindered because of what we don't see. A lot of us are limited by what we don't see. And we see the likes of Nehemiah. Nobody told Nehemiah what to do. He was grieved. And he said that he's going to go and rebuild the wall. Crazy guy. Saying crazy things. But guess what? As he said it, it was already in, it was, it was, God was already making making it happen even before he got there God had built that wall you know it was um, maybe two weeks ago no like three weeks ago when did I mention that we are going to move it wasn't yeah three weeks ago right about three weeks ago that we mentioned that we're not going to be we're not going to be anywhere. We're not going to be in Oriental in December. We're not going to be in Tivoli in December. But we're going to be in our own space in December. At that time, there was no evidence of anything. Believe me. Because after that, I would, we're now under pressure. One day, me, Zino, um, Dikpo, and Tony were going up and down Lekki Expressway like madmen, looking for land. Nothing. But guess what? Last week, was it last week? To last week, Saturday. Okay, Saturday before this one, I just passed. We got, yeah, we got a place, right? <laughs> that, that's just the beginning of it, right? <laughs> so we got a place. We don't have any, even um, temple. We don't have temple in December, by the way. So, it was really, we must move now. Um, so we have a space and we have construction work to do in one month. So, what am I saying, one month? Because we don't have gospel house on the 3rd of December anymore. Now we're going to be there 3rd of December. So, Toby and the guys are, are are working towards it. But that is the scripture, life and death. We spoke it and God brought it to pass. And but I'm saying this because I'm, 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 I'm thinking about all the things that haven't happened because of what we haven't said. And all the things that have, haven't happened in your life because of the things that you haven't said. You know, Moses was 86 years old, I think, when, when Ishmael was born. And he was 99 years old when God met him. And 100 when Isaac was born. How many years? 86 or 100? 14 years. So there's a, there's a need to persevere. And I guess that's why we got to Israel because Jacob was changed to Israel and Israel means I, 
I wrestled with God. It says, and it also means God perseveres. So God is persevering with us, but we must wrestle with him in response. That word that he has spoken, whatever it is that you're declaring, you must wrestle. You must contend. You can't just, you must contend for it. Your belief has to be active. That's why I said, someone said, um, yes, so, that yes, so is like, is, I believe it, but hmm, when it lands, when it happens, no, it's yes. The same way David said it. David was so sure. As sure as David is, is as sure as you must be. As sure as David was, is as sure as you must be. You must call forth situations. You must call God by his name. Amen? So I want us to rise up now. And we're going to start bringing back things that we should, should have said. We're going to start calling things forth. going to speak into our lives speak concerning our lives you know what's also really interesting is that where we're going which was formerly Get Arena which will be called the sanctuary um, and it's very interesting that's another story on, in, in, when in a meeting or praying and, 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 and during the prayer, I was seeing, seeing sanctuary. I was like, which one is sanctuary? So I was like, and I wanted to leave it. I was like, let me not interf interfere with what's going on. So I eventually, I now went to look up sanctuary. And um, sanctuary is a place where people who are downtrodden, people who have made mistakes, all sorts of things, go for refuge and in that place nobody touches you. It's like a it's like a safe haven. Right? That's what a sanctuary is. Um it's like ceasefire. Nobody touches you there. And um and so I I mentioned it. So everyone was like, oh they everyone kind of keyed into it. So fast forward later in the day, that was Tuesday, went to pray and we prayed on the land. And Deepak comes back and he said he had just been home and his parents had just come from, was it Greece or something? It's Italy. Monitoring, Abby. So they had just come from Italy and they had this book with them, a thick book. And he said it was on the bed. He just opened it and the book had pictures. The only word on that book was the sanctuary. The only word on that book was the sanctuary. So what are the chances that there won't be any other thing on the book in, in that page that he didn't open any other pages before getting to that page? 
and for me I just thought this God is to be feared like he really is to be feared but this, where I was going initially was that when we used to do gospel house in that place we used to sing a song when, when I first got there I looked at the place the place was in fact now it's looking better because all the thousand people that used to live there because they used to charge rents per person in that place they vacated the place so the place doesn't smell anymore it looks better there was even one gospel house that we had there that's where 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 in the heavens they were shooting uh, blue film so we had to use buses to pack to block them up so the place but I remember in that place, looking at the place being wilderness, and this is something we've always said concerning the stores, that wherever we go, it's like wilderness before us. But behind us, whenever we leave, it will be green and it will be fruitful. Behind us, it will be green and it will be fruitful. When we enter, wilderness, parched. But when we leave, green and fruitful. And that's really been the story. Everywhere that we've been, from even here, because here we were begging when we first came. Kairos, they were begging, but now they're full. They're telling us they're 94% booked for December. So that's been the story. And I remember saying in that place when we were praying, um, and it was Isaiah 54, single barren. Single barren. Isaiah 54, 1 to 5. It says, Sing, O childless woman. You who have never given birth, break into loud and joyful song. O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor, for the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense. For you will soon be bursting at the seams. Amen. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Do, do not be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of widowhood. For your creator will be your husband, the Lord of heaven's armies, is his name. He is your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of all the earth. And this is what we were saying consistently over that place. We didn't even know that we were the ones that were going to populate the place. And the song we were singing was, Sing, sing, O barren land, Water is coming to the thirsty Though you are empty, I am the well Draw from me, I will provide Sing, sing, Water is coming to the thirsty Though you are empty, I am the well Draw from me, I will 
today this is what we've been saying the whole day you have to speak it barren land desolate widowhood yet sing sing the bible in in, in Isaiah 54 I think New King James Version says expand the place of your dwelling Sing to a barren woman, expand the place of your dwelling. It says, lengthen your cords. Think of a tent. The longer the cords, the bigger the tent can be because of the size where it needs to get to. Lengthen your cords. It says, strengthen your stake because the tent is so big, it's going to be heavy. So you need stronger stakes. So sing, expand the place of your dwelling, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your sticks, expand the place of your dwelling. Anybody ready to expand the place of their dwelling today? So we're going to pray today. We're going to pray. I can't hear you praying. Begin to make bold declarations. You see, People in the world understand this. But it's amazing that children of God don't. When the likes of Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk are saying dangerous things, Mark Zuckerberg said he's going to give internet to the whole of Africa. Elon Musk said he will restore power in Australia and if he doesn't he'll pay for power to be restored things like that concerning nations concerning nations people in the world understand it but God's own children are not functioning in it are not living it are not beneficiaries of it so today we're going to speak. Today we're going to sing in the barren land that we find ourselves. We're going to sing over that land. For more are the children of the widowed woman. More are the children of the barren woman than the children of the woman that is married. And so we're going to sing, sing over our lives. We're going to sing over everything, every aspect of our lives. Ebro ye kasanda karabado kusone. Ebro ye kasanda karabado kusanda karabado kusone. Ebre ya ye kakaka karabado kusone kere bado kusone. Ebro ye kusone. We're talking about fruitfulness. Where do you think fruitfulness is going to come from? You have to speak it. Ebro ye kusone. Ebra ye kasanda karabado. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to see it, 
it may not be anywhere near the horizon, but you're going to speak it into being. You're going to speak it into being. The Bible says, ask of me, ask, for, ask of me for nations. Ask of me and I'll give you nations for your inheritance. Ask of me. Begin to speak. Begin to speak. E proyeko sonde ke de marabaroko sonde de boko koko korobo sonde can be singing all these songs my daddy my daddy and be afraid to ask be afraid to speak on his behalf ne proyeko sonde so speak on his behalf just like David did I do not come in my name I come in the name of the Lord of hosts I come in the name of the Lord of hosts Ebreya kakara baloko sonde kede malabaloko sonde Ebreya kakara malabaloko sanda kada maloko sonde Ebreya kekekekekekede malabaloko sanda kada maloko sonde kede be Ebreya kosonde kede baloko sonde Ebreya kosende kede malabaloko sonde Ebreya kesende kede malabaloko sonde Ebreya kosinde kede malabaloko sonde kede be O proyeko sinde kede marabaroko sonde e proyeko sonde kede ba o proyeke sinde kede ba na braga kakakarabaroko sonde kede marabaroko sonde de preyaye kakakakakakarabaroko sonde e preyaye kakakakakakarabaroko sonde kede baroko sonde kede be ne proyeko sinde kede marabaroko sonde na proyaye kakarabaroko sonde Ebreya ye kasanda karabaduko sonne ne boko sonde kede marabaduko sonne ebroye ke sende kede marabaduko sonne braku kokorobo sanda karabaduko sonne kedebe ne pede marabaraka sonne o proye ko sonde kedeba ne praye kakakakakarabaduko sonde ne preye ke 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 kede marabaduko sonde kede baduko sonde Ne proye ke sinde ke de marabaroko sonde e preye ke 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 de marabaroko sanda karabaroko sonde ke de boye kasanda o proye ke sinde ke de boroko sonde na proya ye kakarabaroko sonde ne proye ko sinde ke de baroko sonde e proye kakarabaroko sonde ke de boye kasanda karaba no proye ko sinde ke de marabaroko sonde Ebraye kakarabara kasonde kede baroko sonde Ebraye kekekekekekede marabaroko sonde Obraye kosonde kede marabaroko sonde kede marabaroko sanda karabaroko sonde Ebraye kakakakarabaroko sonde kede baroko sanda karaba Ebraye Ne baba baroko sonde don't stop. Don't stop. 
E proye said God is to be feared. Um, about two years ago, two years ago, we were at Kairos. We had a service at Kairos and um, we have our lovely, amazing, powerful Mrs. Pastor Mrs. Onolaja um, here with us and, and she spoke on that day and some weeks after we went to see her and um, she mentioned moving into our own space that God had already reserved a space for us and interestingly enough came in today and only to be told that she was here and, um, and as we were praying I just had the sense to invite her to come forward and maybe she will share her perspective what has happened um, but I, I just really want her to speak um, over our lives as a church, as individuals. So I just want us to welcome her as she comes to speak. You know, this morning, because I've had a very busy week, especially yesterday, so I was in the bathroom and Lakwe came in. And the Lord said, go to our church. And I said, the Lord is, wants me to go to your church today. Said, you must have, he's sending me on an assignment. And that's why I came. And as I sat, I want to appreciate God in your lives, my two pastors. Okay. So I want to appreciate God in your lives for what you are doing, Pastor Tolu. May the Lord continually bless you in the name of Jesus. And your darling wife, Pastor Ijoma. So as I stood there listening to your sermon, powerful sermon, and I told Lakwe, I'm going because I have another engagement. The Lord said, wait. And I began to pray. When you began to pray. And the Lord gave me a word. And I told Lakwe, I said, go and tell him I have a word. And then you came to call me. The moment I entered this place, the Lord said, I'm moving them to a new place. That was even before you said it. 
said, they are moving. So I was shocked when you said God has given you a sanctuary. I saw like a wave. That you are moving. Like the speed of light. That you have not seen anything yet. Listen, my children, the Lord is mightily in your midst. Whatever you are doing, continue to do it. And also when you began to speak, this is the word he said that you release into your lives. I'm here to break the yoke of delay. Said no more delay. I want everybody to raise up their hands. Whatever you have been believing God for, the Lord is breaking yokes of delay. delay, fruitfulness, no, no, I am the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Shall you not know it? No more delay. The Lord is making a way. The Lord is making a way. The power of God. That break the sinners of Lebanon, no Koreba Shabbatabababa. That makes a way in the Red Sea, Karibana Kashakanababa. Let the Lord make a way for you, Koreba Shabbatababa. Make a way for you, Koreba Shabbatababa. Make a way for you, Koreba Shabbatababa. Make a way, Karebo Shabbatababa. Hanako Shabbatababa Shabbatababa. No more delay. No more delay. Okay, receive that job. That employment. That job you are looking for. 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 I say receive in the name of Jesus. No more confusion. That marriage. That marriage. I speak marriage. I speak marital settlement. I speak marital settlement. I speak marital settlement. Open doors of marriages. 
Open doors of marriages. Open doors of marriages. Open doors of marriages. Open doors of marriages. He's coming into the sanctuary. He's coming into the sanctuary. Marriages. 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 Okay, now he wants me to speak fruitfulness. 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 Oh, people that are believing God for the fruit of the womb. You are believing God for the fruit of the womb. I said, be fruitful now in the name of Jesus. No more delay in the name of Jesus. He's breaking the baba. The yoke of fruitfulness, the yoke of delay, the yoke of delay, the yoke of delay, international breakthroughs. I'm hearing international breakthroughs in the name of Jesus. I'm hearing international breakthroughs. The doors are open. 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 International breakthroughs. International settlement. Erebo shabana kashabana baba. Karebo shekere baba na baba. Harebo ba. Okay. The healing power of God is moving. The healing power of God is moving. Eh kabo shabana. God is healing right now. God is healing his children right now. If you are here, you are sick, come now. If you are here, you are feeling Sakaribo The healing virtue, Karibo Shabanababa. Hey, Karibo Shabanababa. Anyone that is sick, Karibo Shabanababa. Herebo Shabanababa. Karibo Shabanakasekanababa. Herebo Shabanababa. Hey, can I lay hands on you? Not in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
against every evil dream. God is mighty. God is doing. Speak what you what are you believing God for? The atmosphere is charged. What, what do you want? What do you what do you want? Ask him now. The heavens are open. Receive it in the name of Jesus. God is upon you. Enter to your new season in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of fear. Now, in the name of Jesus, no more fear. No more fear. No more fear. Let her go in the name of Jesus. No more fear. No more fear. No more fear. In the name of Jesus. Come out in the name of Jesus. Let her go in the name of Jesus. Let her go in the name of Jesus. Release her in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are free. You are free. You are free. I fill you with the Spirit of God. You are free. Receive what you are believing God for. We are the saints. Said they have seen your tears. Receive it. Said this is you. 
I want to, before I leave, touch and agree with people waiting for the fruit of the womb. Waiting for the fruit of the womb, anyone? I pray. He told me a word. He said, The covenant of fruitfulness. The covenant of fruitfulness. The mighty power of God is here. I speak and agree that the covenant of fruitfulness by this time next year, the covenant that back and the power that backed up by this time next year, let it come upon you in the name of Jesus. Covenant, I came here for you, Koreba Shabanababa. I came here for you, Koreba Shakarababa. It is over, Karebo Shabanababa. Hey, I see you, the mothers of nations. Herebo Shabanaba Sakarababa Shaba. Herebo Shabanaba. Covenant of fruitfulness. Twins. Twins. In the name of Jesus, no more delay. In the name of Jesus, says the Spirit of the Lord. As I was here the last time and I said God was moving them, so by the time I come again, in the name that is greater than all names, there shall be abundance of testimonies. In the name of Jesus, receive your letters of promotion. Your letters as cold water to a thirsty soul. So is good news from a far country. You will hear good news this week. May the Lord bless you all. Make his face to shine upon you. You move from glory to glory. And you shall be fruitful. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's just give. Pastor Ms. Onolaja, round of applause. Thank you so much, ma.